0: Thanks so much to Michael Hoffer from the Forecaster driving up to join us on the broadcast this morning talking all things high school basketball. Michael, how was your trip up from, uh, what, Falmouth? Nice and
1: easy. You hop yeah. right on the turnpike and here I am. Nice. So, nice. Uh, <laughs> n- n- no no problem whatsoever. It's a beautiful day,
0: so a lot better than yesterday. Would yeah, it's good
2: that we didn't invite you yesterday, I right? I know. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, good
0: timing, exactly. So you've got an interesting game that you're covering tonight in girls basketball, yeah. right? Portland, Edward Little, the four versus the five at five o'clock. Um, there, um, Portland obviously being the home team. The winner plays Oxford Hills. Your thoughts on this matchup, Edward Little being the defending state champion, but, you know, they're a fifth seed, but they were not a top seed last year either.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I think it's a great matchup, and I think that the two teams that are best equipped to possibly knock off Oxford Hills are playing in this game. Only one of them mm. will get an opportunity to do so. But you're right. Last year heading into the tournament, no one was talking about Edward Little. I think they were the three seed at 11-7, and seven, and obviously they got hot at the right time uh and this is a team that now now they have some championship experience so i think you have to take them very seriously uh but portland's kind of a unique team they they pose a unique challenge very athletic their style of defense their style of play uh really causes problems for teams especially teams that don't see them very often and playing on the big floor at the expo i think that's going to give them an advantage um, so it's going to be a tough i think it'll be a tough task for edward little i think i think they're certainly capable of winning but if Portland's able to execute what they do well and, and maybe generate some offense, which has been a problem for them this year consistently, if they can do that, then they'll go over to uh, the erstwhile Civic Center, the Cross Insurance Arena, I guess they're calling it now. Everyone still calls it the Civic Center. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think they could really give Oxford Hills a battle in the next mm. round if they get there. So it'll be a great uh, quarterfinal round matchup. I expect a good crowd. That game's already been, uh, been pushed, uh, yeah. pushed back a day once because of weather, like so many others, and uh, there'll be a lot of eyes on that one tonight.
2: So Michael, the the Portland plays their regular season games at the Expo. That's
1: correct, and of course the boys have done the same thing for years too. Yeah. And uh, you know the, the the boys don't play. Well, Portland's got a road game this year because they're at Deering, but you know they've had home quote unquote home games at the Expo before. And you know that some people don't find that fair necessarily, and I don't blame them. But you know it, it is what it is, and uh, certainly Edward Little's capable of winning sure. at, against Portland, but uh,
2: it won't be easy. For years, Bangor school played sure. at the bang auditorium before right. they went back to the high school
1: right i mean so. obviously you're going to play at the biggest venues and the, the city of portland portland and deering uh they're fortunate they get to play in some very nice venues with baseball they get to play at hadlock field i mean you don't get much better than that no but it does as not a high school right. athlete uh, <laughs> okay. you know portland football plays at fitzpatrick stadium the basketball teams play at the expo so they've, they've got a pretty nice setup there and then you know when you get the bigger tournaments it's only natural you're going to want to play at those venues so
0: absolutely well we talked about how like in hockey you know, Lewiston gets the advantage at the Coliseum. So someone's going to have the advantage.
1: Lewiston-St. Doms, that's a big advantage playing up there. Not yep. quite. And you look yep. historically, it's, it's either Lewiston or St. Doms every year. <laughs> representing Somebody, one of the so. two is going to be right. there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and a lot of that is because of, of them playing at that venue. It doesn't mean they're going to win it every year, but they're going to be there.
0: You covered a great game yeah. yesterday in boys' basketball in Class uh, AA South Gorham Scarborough. Scarborough the fifth seed beat Gorham the fourth seed 59-44 so they will then play Thornton Academy on the 19th at 8 o'clock but what were your takeaways from that matchup Gorham and Scarborough with Scarborough winning?
1: Well you know Generally, I'm not a big fan of having these games on campus as opposed to at a venue, but I tell you, it was an electric atmosphere, uh, basically a full house at Gorham last night, and it was a great game. It was 16-16 after one quarter, 32-32 at the half, 46-45 after three quarters, and uh, it, it came right down to the last minute, and Scarborough, as the defending regional champ, I think they had a little bit of an edge having played in some big games. And they face it, they've got one of the best players around in Nick Fiorillo. Hit the go-ahead jumper with about a minute to go. Made a couple big free throws late, and then Scarborough got one last stop. Gorham had a look at a tying three, uh, couldn't hit it, and then Scarborough got out of town with a win. You know, this is a team that started 4-7, and seven, and they're peaking. Wow. And Phil Conley knows how to win in February and March. Uh, you know, he took over that program a couple years ago. They started 0-10 and still got to the semis that year. Last year, they got all the way to the state final for the first time ever. And this group, even though you know, they've made it tough on themselves, they want to finish what last year's team started. And they certainly have an opportunity to do so now. They did lose a close game at TA to end the regular season. And that's, that's a game that was anyone's game down the stretch. This one will be on the neutral floor at the Civic Center. And Scarborough feels very good about their chances, having won some big games there over the last couple of years. So even though TA is the one seed, it's not going to be an easy game for them by any means. How
2: much have you gotten? Oh, go ahead, Coach. I was going to say, we know another team that starts slow every year and seems to come along, uh, you know, the one that you get the jersey on, eh? They never stop. Oh, the rooting. Patriots! They never, <laughs> never stop fast either. Oh, no, no, they don't. Oh, it all goes back to the Patriots. They, well, in this year, they, they weren't playing time.
1: very well in December either. <laughs> yeah, but they uh, right. they they put it together at the right time. Thank goodness. So, I mean, that's not a model you generally want to follow. No. And it's a little different in the NFL when when they've kind of trademarked how to do that but uh you know it's worked for scarborough so aaron back to your point well i was gonna ask
0: about (laughs) thorn academy how much have you covered them this year i've seen them a couple times and you know it's funny they're
1: it's almost like they take a football mentality to the basketball court and we know how great their football program is and they've got several kids who are on that state championship team back in november uh, you know, not a lot of great basketball players, but a lot of really good basketball players. Uh, a lot of kids that, that do what they need to do. Uh, they can, you know, they, they're going to play tough defense. They're going to battle you on the boards and they make enough shots. And that region, I mean, I feel like, you know, going into this, there were probably four, five, six teams that could come out of it. Uh, there's a good chance it's going to be, uh, you know, the one, two, three and five seeds that are left. And, you know, Bonnie Eagle, no one's talked about them. They're 15-3. and I I didn't get to see them this year, but Mm. I know they've done really, really well. I still think South Portland's kind of sitting in the catbird seat. They've struggled during the regular season, but they're in that three spot, which means T.A. and Scarborough have to play each other. And South Portland might be able to just find themselves in the regional final against the survivor, you know, if they take care of business. And this is a team that's played a lot of big games at the Civic Center the last three years. They went to states not last year, but the two prior. Mm. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see South Portland get through. Uh, but, you know, with that said, the T.A. Scarborough winner is going to be very, very tough, too.
0: Yeah, so South Portland beat Sanford 65-39 to 39 in their quarterfinal. Bonnie eagle Massabesic play tonight right. at 6 o'clock. The weather's
1: delayed. Yep, yep
0: they'll play the win- uh, South Portland will play the winner of that game in the semifinal uh, next week and everything. And so Bangor still waiting for the w- a winner of uh, Deering in Portland on the other side of the bracket. Yep. Your thoughts on that matchup, Deering in Portland, which is tomorrow at 6 o'clock.
1: Right. That was originally supposed to be tonight, uh-huh. but they moved it to tomorrow, so Portland boys and girls playing at different times. Yep. Um, it's, it, you know, on paper, you look, Portland-Deering in the quarterfinals, you know, that's a pretty great matchup. Sure. Um, of course, it's not at the Expo. It's not at the Civic Center. This is going to be the 15th all-time playoff meeting between the two. Dates back to 1930. You uh-huh. know, the overall series, I think, dates back to like something like 1911, uh, but... For the first time in a long time, Deering's a favorite, and largely because Deering just crushed Portland a week ago. Right, (laughs) Uh, A week ago tonight, in fact, a game that was over almost from the get-go, and uh, Deering snapped a 14-game losing streak in that matchup. They're going to have a lot of confidence, certainly coming off that win and playing on their home floor. Uh, But, you know, give Portland a second shot at somebody. Deering hasn't beaten Portland twice in the same season since 2006, and there's a reason for that. His name (laughs) is Joe Russo, and this isn't a vintage Portland team by any means. They're a baffling team. Aren't they? They are a baffling team. And, and, And it's funny. They're almost opposite of what we've seen in the past where they got off to a good start. Yeah. Then they had a couple tough losses and they really didn't finish well. It's usually the other way around. Um, so I don't know. Can they, can they rediscover the magic in time you know, they've got to do it now. Tomorrow's it. They come out flat tomorrow night. Their season's over. I think it's going to be a much closer game than last time. It's not going to be 36, 10 at halftime. I can assure you. (laughs) Um, and I think, you know, it wouldn't be shocked if Portland won. I still think Deering has more talent. I think Deering's ready now to win this game where in years past they weren't. Uh, but you never can fully write off a Portland team. And, you know, if Deering especially gets through, I think they're capable of going a long way. I really do. This is a very talented team. Ben Onick's as good as anyone out yeah. there. Uh, Daryl Germain, Max Morione. Uh, You've got several kids, Mike Randall, who are really great support players who can score some points too. You really can't just focus on Onik and... I, I, I think Deering is capable of making a big run here.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, they beat Oxford Hills earlier this season. This is a team that you know, they got Bangor waiting for them. But, you know, I, it, anything can happen, I guess, it's a long drive. Up, uh, well, actually, no, it would be a neutral site, so it wouldn't be a long drive to Bangor. No, yeah. and, in fact,
1: if it's a long drive for Bangor. Yeah, and it, and to the me, the way around. To me, they're kind of the mystery team because I haven't seen Bangor all year. I know how good Matt Fleming is. Sure. You know, I know how, how proud that program is, but it's been a while since yes. they've been this good. So I think, you know, a lot of people feel like they haven't played the same schedule that, that maybe Portland Deering type teams have. You know, well, I guess uh, time will tell how important that is. So I think, you know, the Portland Deering winner is going to have a good amount of confidence going into that game. You know, traditionally when Bangor comes down to Portland, it doesn't go well for them. Right. When teams go up to Bangor, it doesn't go well <laughs> for them. So, if, you know, if history holds to form... Yeah, Bangor's gonna have a tough time in that game tuesday
0: so switching over to girls basketball south portland and scarborough won their quarterfinal matchups as yeah, expected w- Yeah. with
1: ease although scarborough got off to a slow start mm-hmm. they, they did get there
0: and so, so now scarborough will play the winner of gorham and sanford and those two teams are right. playing tonight, tonight at six o'clock and then noble and bonnie Igor are playing tonight at six o'clock and that winner plays south portland you know scarborough's been they they, they have a good seating are they the real deal can they make a run here
1: they are, but they're a very streaky team when it comes to shooting. Mm. And if if they're making shots, they're going to compete with anybody. I saw them play Gorham. Or they actually swept Gorham this year. They won at Gorham early. Everyone thought that was a fluke, and then they got him at home, and they did it again. And, you know, this is a group with a lot of seniors, and you know Scarborough. They have success in all sports. So a lot of these girls are multi-sport athletes who have won in soccer and softball and the like. And, uh, you know, so they have the confidence in beating Gorham twice if they do see them a third time, although... Doing it a third time won't be easy, especially on the big floor at the Civic Center. And I guarantee you, Mackenzie Holmes isn't ready to go home yet. Right. I think, uh, she, you know, she wants to get back to that state game. They felt like they got robbed last year with that last-second foul call that gave Edward Little the winning free throw. So you know Gorham wants to get there, but they're going to have a tough road to get there because, A, they've got to beat Sanford tonight. Let's, you know, let's talk about that first. Sure. If they do win that game, they're going to have to beat Scarborough and they haven't been able to do that this year. But to answer your original question, yeah, I think Scarborough is legit. But they're going to have to hit shots, and that's never easy, when you're, especially your first game at the Civic Center when you're getting used to It's a hockey arena. It's hard to get used to that background. Right. And then you got South Portland Looming, who I think is the best team in the Class A field. They were last year too, yep. and they went scoreless in the first quarter against Gorham and got upset in the semi. So they know how tough it's going to be. But I think this, this year's South Portland team, they really look to me like they're focused. They lost early in the year to Greeley. They've won 16 in a row now. Uh, They know what it takes. I think they're going to be really tough. If anyone can knock them off, I think Gorham could, uh, but even that wouldn't be easy. I really feel like South Portland's a favorite in that region.
0: Well, you look at girls basketball class double A, I think you have two number one seeds who are, A, not going to be complacent because of what happened last year. So true. And B, very motivated because of what happened not just not complacent but very motivated to settle some scores almost I guess (laughs) it's it's
1: a great point and revenge is is a great motivator as we know and that's that you know that's true up from kindergarten to professional sports (laughs) I mean revenge you want to serve that dish cold if you can and uh, you know a South Portland Oxford Hills game I think anyone would sign up for that uh, unless you're fans of a a particular team and uh, another team but sure I mean that would be a fantastic state game but you know clearly both teams have a lot of work to do
0: so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, so we've talked a lot about Class AA. Are there any schools in the Forecaster's Coverage area you've been focusing on, whether it be A, B, C, or even D?
1: Uh, we start with A girls. Yep. Greeley girls, I would say, are, sure. pro- are probably the, the most prohibitive favorite in the state, regardless of class, regardless of gender, right? Uh, they're 18-0. and They're on a 34-game win streak. And this is just a team that lights it up. Con- you yeah. know, everyone knows how good Anna DeWolf is. You also have Camille Clement, you have Brooke Obar. All of them are capable of scoring 20 points in a game. Uh, Katie Fitzpatrick, who played uh, over at uh, Maine Girls Academy last year, is returned to Greeley. She started at Greeley. She's a Cumberland kid, and uh, she's, she's going to contribute on the boards, play good defense, score some points too. They're going to be really, really tough to beat. The one team in that region I think that might have a shot is Brunswick, even though Greeley beat them pretty handily in the regular season. Mm. Brunswick, the two seed, they're 17-1. That was their only loss. Uh, last year, they're the, they're the most recent team to beat Greeley. <clears throat> they did it uh, just after Christmas last year on a buzzer beater. Okay. And they're the last team to beat Greeley in the tournament, too. Two years ago, they upset Greeley in the regional final. So they have a little bit of history, a little bit of confidence. Uh, but, you know, Greeley, especially with Andrew DeWolf being a senior, I have a hard time seeing them not uh, go all the way and repeat. Uh, but then you've got Scott Higgins in the North who's yeah. undefeated. And, you know, I don't know anything about them other than their <laughs> record. And obviously yeah. you have to take that very seriously because uh, that's a very impressive record, too. Um, Class A on the boys' side, start with Greeley again, uh, the yep. two-time defending champ. You know, they, they did it in undefeated fashion the last two years. This year they've lost three times. They lost to Oxford Hills. They lost yep. to Oxford Hills. They lost to uh, South Portland. and uh, They lost to York. And I think those losses were probably good for this team. It got them refocused. And uh, clearly they are playing their best basketball at the end of the year, but they were in a really tough region. While the Greeley girls have, I don't want to say an easy road, but an easier road, uh, the Greeley boys are going to have a, a heck of a time with York, a uh, York team that's already beaten them this year, uh, a Falmouth team that almost upset them last year that is really well coached that I think is is eager to get another shot at Greeley in the regional final if, right. if, they, if they can do it. And Kennebunk's a team that no one's really talking a lot about. Uh, Levitt's another team. Uh, so you, I think you go five deep in Class A South boys. Uh, were, I think, really still the favorite, but nowhere near as big a favorite as they've been in the past. So.
0: Right, we're excited to broadcast this, we're broadcasting the Levitt-Kennebunk yep, game. will be there. Tomorrow at 6 o'clock yep. it'll be on our sister station, 92-7 yep. uh, Maine's Big Z, I like to call it the blowtorch, because it's our biggest signal okay. so that'll be great uh, tomorrow it reaches, it reaches Kennebunk for that matter so 6 o'clock, Levitt and Kennebunk uh, tomorrow at at the Expo, that should be a great game. I right, I mean
1: you know, those 4 or 5 games are usually the best ones, and you know it makes sense seating wise, and you know, whoever wins that will probably get to, to play Greeley in the semis next week over at the Civic Center. So, uh, you know, a lot of fun matchups to look forward to. Class B, we can talk about that because I've got uh, several teams, sure. boys and girls. Yep. Uh, on the boys' side, uh, you, you, look at, you look at the heels, but I think that Cape Elizabeth, even though they're the three seed, even though they don't have a great record, they might be the team best equipped to win this thing. They lost in the regional final last year. They really, really struggled early in the season. And uh, they've put it together late. They've got uh, one of the best post players around in Andrew Hartel. He's going to be a matchup nightmare. Mm. They have a lot of kids who can hit three. And, uh, you know, typical Jimmy Ray coach team. They're going to be tenacious defensively. They're going to play hard for 32 minutes. They're going to make it ugly. They're going to make it tough for the other team. Uh, They're going to have a tough time in the quarterfinal, though, because they're playing another team that I think is maybe underseeded in Freeport. As the sixth seed, they uh, they struggled a little bit mid to late January, but other than that, they've been a very good team. This is the best Freeport team in over a decade. Uh, a lot of seniors on that squad. They got to the tournament last year for the first time in many many years, and now they're ready to take it the next step. Uh, I think they're uh, they're eager to uh, t- to match up with a Cape team that they had beat in the regular season. They were way up early in the third quarter. Cape roared back and won that game at Freeport. So. Uh, that won't be an easy. I think whoever wins that game is is probably going to have a great shot to go to the regional final. And then you got another team I've got my eye on is Yarmouth as the seven spot. Uh, they started 0-3. They've really come together late. This is a team that's been in the tournament a lot over the last several years. New coach this year in Jonas Allen. Uh, it's taken them a little while to really get up to speed, but they're up to speed now. And I think if you're Moranacook, you got to take them really seriously because that's that's a potential quote-unquote upset. Although, and it clearly would be by record and by seed, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Uh, and then on the B-Girls side, B-South Girl side, I think Reno Gloucester is indeed the favorite. But they were last year, and Lake Region beat them. Uh, Freeport is, uh, is sitting pretty. They're 14-4. They're going to be in the three spot. Uh, they've got a, a tough game uh, uh, coming up, though. I can't remember who they're playing. Who do the Freeport girls have? I know
0: Yarmouth has. I as. have it. The bracket here: Freeport yeah. Mountain Valley. Freeport Mountain Valley. 10 a.m. Right, so, so
1: that's kind of an unknown for them. They, didn't, they don't. They don't play them in the regular yep. season. But Caroline Smith might be one of the best players in the tournament. Uh, you know, maybe statewide. She's not as well known as she is in the Portland area, but uh, she's she's really been Freeport's star. She can light it up for 20, 30 a night. Uh, that four-five matchup with Yarmouth and Wells. Yarmouth, uh, with a new coach this year, David Cousins, has done uh, has done very very well. This is a tied for their best season in many years they're 12 and 6 if they're shooting well they can beat anybody and uh, you know they're certainly capable of going on a run too so uh you know a lot of exciting things in b and then just one more team i'll mention actually two more teams i'll mention in class c the c boys keep an eye on wayne fleet uh this is a group of boys who won a lacrosse state title in june right they won a boys soccer state title in november And they've had an excellent season in basketball, playing a lot of games against Class B teams. Uh, They won at Cape Elizabeth this year. They beat Yarmouth this year. They beat Freeport this year. They got upset by Booth Bay in the quarterfinals last year. They're determined to have a deep run. And while while, uh, Winthrop's the one seed, they have the best record in that region. I think Waynefleet. It wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they came out of that region and even if they won the school's first gold ball. So keep an eye on them. And then the final team would be uh, the NYA girls in Class C South. Uh, this is a team. Their best record in 20 years. Wow. Uh, you know, traditionally they don't even make. They haven't been to Augusta, I think, now in 13 years, 14 years. Uh, they had several girls come over from Maine Girls Academy after that school closed over the summer. Uh, Catherine Reed, certainly the most notable, is their star player you know, mix in uh the existing standouts, Maggie and Katie Larson. And you have a team that went fifteen and three this year and uh they're the three seed. They're they're capable of making a deep run. Certainly Booth Bay's the team to beat with their undefeated record. But uh, I think NYA likes their chances. Well you
0: mentioned yeah uh Maine Girls Academy closing that Probably shifted a, a, a lot of talent around, didn't it?
1: It did, and I think had had the school existed this year, they would have been one of the powers in Class mm-hmm. AA South. So that's the unfortunate thing. Right, is uh, you know they would have been right there with South Portland and Gorham and Scarborough as one, of, and you would have had a really loaded region. Uh, but no, you know Jill Joyce is playing for Portland now. Uh, Hope Olson is at Yarmouth. So I mean, you look at a, you know it's not just NYA. Uh, they they probably were the, the biggest beneficiary, uh, if you will. But yeah, there's a lot of MGA girls all over the place, and it is unfortunate because you know they, they were a polarizing program in some respects, but they were a lot of fun. There was there was nothing like that, Jim. Uh, great place to cover a game, and you know they always you know did, did excelled in the tournament, and uh, it, it's too bad not to have them around anymore. No question.
2: Michael, will they ever reopen?
1: I doubt it. I mean, I think there's talk of. Trying to push for another girls' school at some point, but it just—it it seems very unlikely.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: So, reminder, um, folks, we are broadcasting today live here at Gridiron Restaurant. A reminder to come see why Gridiron Restaurant Sports Pub is LA's number one place to eat. You can choose from over 150 menu items, so you can come here. Uh, all the time. I mean, you could always have a new f- item of food each time. Soups, chilies, pizza, burgers, seafood, and more. That doesn't even include their extensive drink menu. You can visit them online at gridironrestaurant.com to see daily specials. And if you want to watch the big game, you can cheer on your favorite New England sports teams like Michael Hoffer's Patriots. Yes. Uh, <laughs> one-on-one over 50 That would be TV the six-time street.
1: Super Bowl champion. Yeah. <laughs> located
0: at 1567 Lisbon Street in Lewiston. Gridiron Restaurant Sports Pub. Come join the fun. Michael Hoffer with us right now on the B-List on the new 105. Sports coach.
2: Speaking of that, we interviewed Kim, one of the owners here. She's been to three of the Patriots Super Bowls. Oh, we well, were, I've been to I zero. Was, so I was pretty yeah. More than I, I was pretty jealous. I've been to zero. Yeah, that's well, correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: I remember when the Seahawks played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I was like looking at ticket prices. I, I was like, actually
1: out there because that's where I'm from. My family yeah. lives there. So I was in Arizona when the Patriots played the Seahawks. I actually went to the stadium that day. With a certain amount of money in my pocket, thinking if I could get a ticket for this, <laughs> I, I have would this do budget. It. yeah. But there was that was one of those years yeah. where, where demand dramatically exceeded supply. It wasn't possible. I found a Pats bar a few miles away, I watched <laughs> the game there. It was awesome. So, <laughs> but no, that's as close as I'll ever get to a Super Bowl. I yeah, think.
2: so in, in the town, yeah,
0: with games, you know, in Portland, some in. Bangor, some in Augusta, Augusta. where are you going to be typically? I will be 95% in Portland, Portland,
1: uh, Expo, Civic. The only teams, I'll have the Wayne Fleet Boys and the NYA Girls up in Augusta. I'm hoping on Monday to get up and see the uh, the Wayne Fleet Boys play. Mm -hmm. And if the NYA Boys win their prelim tonight, they would also be playing Monday, so that would give me two games up there. Okay. So as of right now, that's my tentative plan. That's probably the only time I'll get up to Augusta until the A-State games, which is unfortunate because to me that's the best venue. It's right off the highway. You've got a parking lot. The food's yeah, affordable. it's very easy. It's, it's a basketball venue as yeah. opposed to the Portland. Yeah. I mean, the Expo's fine, but you can't have the state games there. Sure. It's too small, and the Civic yeah. Center's just not a basketball venue. Yeah. And I, I've yet to cover a game in the new ba- at the New Bangor uh, Auditorium. I've been to the old one, but I've never. I've been to the Hall of Fame. The oh, the old one game. was the Mecca. But, like no the Mecca. You. I've never been to the new one. So.
0: You mentioned, like, the Expo being too small for a state game. Um, Bill David with Lisa Media was a- asked me the other day, hey, what? You know, Bates should host some tournament games. I'm like, <laughs> you've been to our gym? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a fire hazard
2: like that. <laughs> Listen, I remember Mike, Haley and I were running the hockey tournament uh-huh. and back to back games, and not much time in between. The first one went to five overtimes. Nice. It was rainy, sleety. The people couldn't get in, there's no seats. Oh. So they're standing outside. Oh, they were ugly when they came oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> and the other problem is. The expo had something going on that night. Was it? This is the the Portland Ice Arena. So it's this right is next back door. in the day when you yeah. used to
1: have the regional finals there. And, yeah. and
2: and they they had the expo had something going on. The whole thing was full yeah. of big trucks and whatever. So there's no parking. Oh yeah. So no parking. Bad no place to sit. Bad weather. <laughs> they they wanted Haley and Wing bad. We we were we had <laughs> fake mustaches and glasses. On. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge here? We kept looking at the guy. I don't know where that guy is. I yeah, mean it's, it was it's probably bad.
1: easier than it's up in Lewis and now though the the Ice Arena was a, I mean. The, the atmosphere for those games were electric. And oh, there, there yeah. There were some great games there over the years. Oh, so. All
2: It's bleachers, period. Yeah. And everybody's on one side. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, it is rocking. Yeah, yeah, you can only,
1: was, I don't know, but I don't even get a thousand people Oh, in there, no, so. geez, no. no. So, yeah. So, I mean, the Coliseum is the best place for that stuff. And, but. you
2: know, once once we went with, you can't have your, in other words, St. Dom's, Lewiston, what, can't have their own locker room, people calm down after that. Because, uh-huh. yeah. you know what, everybody plays there. They play there in youth hockey. They play there. Well, Scarborough was playing home games there for a while. Sure, regular teams play there all the time. I know, I know.
1: Well, it's just, I mean, you have the perception of an advantage, and you you try to minimize that as much as possible. It it is what it is. But I think teams also like to play on that
2: big stage. Sure. All
1: right, yeah, yeah, we're playing Portland at the Expo, but, you know, cool, we get to play at the Expo.
2: But I also have told the story that when I was chair of the committee, I forced them to play the state game at Orono. Okay. I said, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. N.Y.A. and Waterville. Yeah. Myself and a few of my close friends. There was really, no, no one, one went. there. Because yeah. well, I kept looking yeah. saying, where is everybody? I mean, yeah. I was I was heartbroken because I, I thought this would mm. really work. No yeah. one yeah. came. Yeah. So we'll N.Y.A., right? Yeah. <laughs> well, N.Y.A., I mean, honestly, it's like St. Dom's. It's, it's a there's small no, There's no crowd. Right. It's right. a small, small right. school. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was bad.
0: They're playing Derigo, as you mentioned, right. uh, tonight at 6 o'clock. And the winner will play Winthrop on the 18th at <laughs> the Civic Center at 9 p.m. Well, that's a late one. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's, there's early. There's late. Yeah. There's not much Yeah, those, sleep next that week. long day. Yeah, the um, long day is. Yeah. Whew,
2: I mean, I'm
1: already maybe. dreading, Like next Tuesday, there's six games all at the <coughs> Civic Center in Portland. First one's at 10. Last one I think is at 8. And I've got to cover five of them. And I'm already, I'm already losing sleep over that, which is stupid because I'm gonna lose sleep then. So <laughs> I, 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 Maddie, I need my sleep now.
2: Maddie put the schedule out, and he already knows I'm gonna do games Friday and Saturday. We've got a couple together. Actually, three I think. On oh, Saturday, yeah. And then yeah. I, I try to go to sugar with my family. I mean, uh, it's hard. <laughs> I, my, I, I
1: can't do anything my, other than sleep. Well, yeah. my
2: kids, my kids are coming home. I and it's I vacation. Said, I said, Maddie, I, I can't, I, I can't balance that off. I know. He he texted me when he sent the schedule. Side beside the schedule, and he said, if you could be available t- Tuesday, I would love you forever. So I talked to my wife last night, try to figure out when exactly the kids are coming and whatever. And you got to know my wife; she's a coach. She said, hey David, if you if, you, if, you go, if they need you for games, go for it. Do you really so, want
0: Maddie to love you forever? Wow, well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Hey, we've talked so much basketball. Ice hockey uh, yes. updates from your.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's just getting interesting now. And, you uh-huh. know, you look at the heels, and especially in a South, South, it, it is so wide open. Uh, you know, right now you've got Biddeford and T.A. battling for the top spot. But I tell you, keep an eye on this South Portland team. Uh, they're actually a co-op with Freeport and Wayne Fleet. They just went to Lewiston last week and won 5-1. Not only did, yes. they, did yeah. they beat Lewiston for the first time ever, but they did it emphatically. Couldn't They're peaking. It. <laughs> they turned around and then they beat TA. They've yep. got Biddeford tonight. If they win that game, I got to believe that would shoot them to the top of the heels with a couple games left. They still have Scarborough also, uh, but you also have Scarborough in the mix and Cheverus and Falmouth, and it's just a, a top-heavy region. You're going to have. You know whoever's going to get the bye to go to the semis, it's, it's going to be a huge advantage because I think all the other quarterfinals are going to be hotly contested games. But you know it's great to see a story like that, South Portland team. This is a team that you know they make the playoffs regularly, but they've never really been there with the big boys. And this year's team, you know, if they keep playing the way they are, I think you got to take them seriously. And I, I still think Lewiston's the team to beat. I mean they had that hiccup. You know they're going to have a tough time with St. Thomas and Bangor up north. They bench their keeper. Yeah. So and you know usually when you do something like that at this point of the season. Usually it has the effect you want. Uh, yeah, <laughs> No guarantee. But you'd rather have that wake-up call now than yeah. in the first playoff game, right? right. So I, I still think they'll be fine, but I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to come out of the South. I think a lot of years I would say it's going to be one or the other.
0: But I, I can make an argument for four or five teams,
1: yeah. and that's going to make it a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, South Portland, Freeport, Wayne Fleet right now, 9-6, third in the heel points, but yeah. they're only – Five points, right. if you want to say, back of Thornton Academy, the first place team, and,
1: and they have in Biddeford tonight. If they win that game, yeah, And, and that game is that is on home ice for South Portland. You know, you're you're looking at maybe the best finish they've ever had. Certainly. Uh, you know whether that translates into anything down the road. You know who knows because all these games could go either way. And then B South is really a different story because I still think Greeley, uh, very much the favorite, and and Cape right behind them. I think those two are clearly the class of Class B South. Uh, Greeley lost in overtime in the state game. Great state game last year, Old Town Orno. Right. I was there. They want to get back. They want to win it. I certainly wouldn't bet against them. They've had a couple losses against Lewiston and St. Dom's, but they've beaten everyone else. So, Mm. uh, you know, that excitement will start after uh, all the basketball craziness ends. But we're not far
0: away from that either. Hey, what's up with Falmouth this year?
1: You know, it's funny. When I talked to their coach the beginning of the year, he said this is is really a unique year. They don't have a lot of kids. They graduated a lot. Uh, but it's funny, you look at their scores, they're losing by a goal. Wow. Uh, I, I know last night uh, they lost St. Dom's, I think it was a little more decisive, but they're losing by a goal or an overtime every time out, which tells me you know, if they get in, no one's going to want to play them. Yeah. And this is a team that's played in a lot of big games over the years. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished the 7th seed and made a run to the state game. I mean, it, it, it is possible. Yeah, they're still in playoff position. They're in playoff yep. positioning. I think if they win another game, they're going to get in, and no one's going to want to play them, so. Yeah, clearly it's not a vintage Falmouth team, but they're very dangerous.
2: Now, it used to be Russo was their coach. Right, right. Now, is that the Darren Russo Bart- that's coaching the girls? The Severus girls now, yeah. yes. And Darren Barton's coaching them. Darren Barton's
1: the yeah. Falmouth boys coach now. Uh, he actually got them over the hump and won a couple state games, which yes. Scott couldn't do. Yeah. You know, they kept coming agonizingly close. But, uh, you know, you've got the girls hockey regional finals coming up tonight right. in Williston And, you know, mentioning Scott Russo, he's the coach of the Cheveris yeah. girls team. Uh, they're battling Scarborough. That should be a great game because they <laughs> played twice this year. Each time it was scoreless going into the third period. Wow. And Shevers won both games, but they barely survived Cape uh, in their semi. They had to go to double overtime wow. the other night. And Scarborough looked good against – Scarborough's team has got 13 freshman guys. Wow. Here they are in the regional final. I mean, if, if they're a year away, their time but, has come early. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the expected teams in the north. No surprise, it's Lewiston and St. Doms. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I think any of those four teams could win this thing on Saturday.
0: Yeah, St. Doms is the three seed in the north, defeated uh, EL, 11, Poland 3-1 to one in their semifinals. And so Lewiston is taking on St. Doms. Girls ice hockey tonight, actually, 8 o'clock at the Colisee. That will be right after at the Colisee as well. Uh, the Cheveris and Scarborough matchup. Yeah, so
1: as you can imagine, Good a lot, of lot, lot lots to keep track of here. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget, we've got track and swimming and skiing no, and wrestling sure. states all coming up here over the and next few And you cover all stuff. that too, right? Yeah, as, as best <laughs> I can. I certainly keep track of it all. And yeah. It, it, I, just, I just wish this stuff was spread out more somehow. Yeah.
0: Well, let's take a quick break. And Michael Hoffer, if you want to stay, you can. Certainly, sure, we have, we're, we're here bit. till noon. Uh, this is the B-List on the new 105.5 <gasps> Sports. Back in just a moment, live from Gridiron. It's the B daily on the new 1055 Sports. The Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios are on the road. We are at Gridiron Restaurant. Here in Lewiston, they are open. They open at 11 a.m. Stop some, on by. Something smells good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> smells good. You got people filing in. Already a nice lunch crowd here at Gridiron. Happy to be here again. We're here until noon. We got Michael Hoffer from the Forecaster with us. My name is Aaron Morse, filling in for Maddie B on this Thursday morning. You got Coach Dave Wing with me as well. And of course, we're live on the MBR main Facebook page as well as on the new 1055 Sports. And Michael, you know, for the Forecaster, we are talking a little bit off air about this, but kind of, Break down how your coverage works. I know you've got a print edition that comes out, plus all the in-depth articles you do online.
1: Yeah, I do. You know, the, the big game stories always go on our website at theforecaster.net, but we have four uh, different print editions that come out every week. We've got one that covers just the city of Portland, which is, you know, Chevrolet Steering, uh, Portland, and Lanefleet. Uh, we've got our northern edition is Falmouth, Freeport, uh, Cumberland, Yarmouth, North Yarmouth. Uh, Southern edition covers Cape Elizabeth, South Portland, and Scarborough, and then we also have a mid-coast edition that's you know Brunswick, Morris, Mount Ararat. So it, it's you know it's more than a full-time job. It's a labor <laughs> of love for say, sure. Yeah. Uh, but it beats working for a living. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to do this almost 20 years. Yeah, and you know I, I love what I do. You know, it's uh, it's it's busy, it's crazy at times, but uh, you know high school sports are awesome in this area, and there's just you know, there's so many fabulous people. Uh, from your administrators, coaches, kids, parents, I've gotten to know so many great people over the years. I know you can relate, and you know that that's what really makes it special is you know celebrating, helping them celebrate their victories, and commiserate with their tough losses, and share their stories. And it's just a great level of competition. Um, you know, I don't get me wrong, I I love other sports too and uh, they certainly have their warts but you know high school sports is is pretty pure and yeah everyone's getting you know there's just a buzz about the basketball tournament coming up and even if you don't have kids in school anymore you know if you live in a certain community you want to know how your
0: school's doing
1: what your chances are and people get really fired up about that
0: outstanding and we've talked basketball we've talked hockey but you cover everything touch on maybe some other storylines uh in some other sports that maybe don't get the necessarily you know the love from us <laughs> every day here I guess yeah
1: I mean you've got a lot of schools in our area that have won multiple titles going for more championships uh the chevris boys swim team has won six in a row uh cape elizabeth girls swim team has won a couple championships in a row then they have uh, their, one of their stars olivia Tighe, is uh, going to be swimming at duke next year Wow. So, yeah, that's the Duke in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, so, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> as a, impressive. As opposed thing. to. Yeah, well, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Duke. No, but, but, yeah. but that Duke. Right. Uh, the uh, Duke. Uh, it, it, you know, you look at track Scarborough Boys. They're the perennial favorites. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the name Jarrett Flaker. They're a running back, and but so in reality, I'm, he's better known for his track acumen. Sure. He's he's the state's premier sprinter. Uh, he's only a junior. He's still got one more year to compete at the high school level. Um, I'm sure he's got some big time schools looking at him. I don't know exactly what his mindset is, where he's wanting to go. If he wants to run Division One, I, I think if he wants to, he probably could. Hmm. Uh, you know, Greeley track teams are always excellent. Uh, their longtime coach John Folan is uh, is going to be retiring after this year, uh, but that's uh, you know a program that, that's always strong. Uh, Skiing, you know, we've got a lot of the top ski teams Cape Elizabeth Alpine team won the the States last year Falmouth's always in the mix Freeport's always got a great team The Yarmouth Nordic program uh, Probably as rich in a championship tradition as any anywhere Uh, You know, in in wrestling uh, Zach Elowich, remember him, the Portland running back Uh, You know, he's going for a a state title I believe at 160 pounds on Saturday And actually the Portland team is, is doing very well They're not at the Noble Marshwood level uh, but you know a, a lot of cool stories to keep track of, and, and you know beyond just the champions, you've got a lot of other kids you know who are looking to uh, to set personal bests. You know that sometimes it's uh, the fourth or fifth person that winds up determining who a championship team is. It's not always that uh, that that top athlete. So. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of a lot of cool stories to follow here in the in the next week and a half.
0: Absolutely. Michael Hoffer with us here on the B list on the new one oh five five sports. He works for the Forecaster, he's our sports editor and you uh you have you have every byline on there. You are the guy, <laughs> right? Yes, for, for better or worse,
1: yeah. You're the man sort of I think. have him an office. You know, it is job security. That's Yeah, true, <laughs> you
2: are the <laughs> Matty always says the man, the myth, the legend yeah. is, yeah, right now, <laughs> folks. We're
0: live right now at Gridiron Restaurant and Sports Pub. It's LA's number one place to eat. You can choose from over 150 menu items, including soups and chilies, pizza, burgers, seafood, and more. That doesn't even include their extensive drink menu. Visit them online at GridironRestaurant.com to see daily specials. If you want to watch the big game, cheer on your favorite New England sports team on one of over 50 TVs. It's located at 1567 Lisbon Street in Lewiston. Gridiron Restaurant and Sports Pub. Come join the fun, Michael. i you've been here before. I know? have. It's yeah. been a few years, uh-huh. but no, oh, no,
1: I've definitely been here before, yeah. and uh, it, uh, no, I always highly recommend it. The food's good. Yeah, uh, it's always a good place to get a cold one if that's what you like as well. <laughs> right, so. right, right, right. Prices are good. Price are good and (laughs) and it's pretty easy to get to so
0: absolutely and yeah you were able to drive up from Falmouth right right? off the turnpike and here I am excellent so um you know we've talked about pretty much every level of you know the state basketball tournament you know you've you've been doing this for 20 years how have you seen the tournament evolve or or change uh, over these 20 years you know from your perspective covering it
1: well one thing I wish they they didn't change was back in the day the big class class A was a week later Mm -hmm. so it spread it out more Um, that I really miss. I think that it would be better all around. You're not cramming everything into one week. The big class, you know, the smaller classes kind of get a stage to themselves and then the big class gets a stage to itself. You know, back in the day, you used to have the, uh, it used to be the Western a then, right? The semifinals on a Friday night at the civic center. Then you'd have the regional finals on Saturday and everyone used to call that the best weekend of basketball. Sure. And, and you'd, you'd get huge crowds. Um, you know, now it's so condensed. It's, it's frankly hard to enjoy because when you're doing five games in a day, you're just trying to tread water. Um, so, you know, that's something that's changed. I don't know is necessarily for the better. Mm. But, you know, as, from a fan's perspective, it's still a lot of fun. You're still going to get upsets. You're still going to get, you know, uh, dramatic performances, dominant performances. You know, for the most part, the teams you expect to win will, but not always. And that's what makes sports fun. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you can spend a whole day at the Expo or at the Civic Center or up in Augusta or up in Bangor and, you know, kind of have a destination and know you can see four, six, eight games some days yeah. if, if you want to. You know, it's kind of a cool thing, and uh, it's nice that that tradition has carried on.
2: Well, I was saying that the, not only did they play the, the, uh, no, the now double-A tournament a week later, they started practice later. Right. So it gave them a little bit of a break in the fall season. Because a lot of those season, were football schools. Sure. You had
1: time. I mean, you see all the time now. You know, TA they win the state game, right? And you turn around, you're already one week in the basketball sure. practice. It takes a while to get into basketball shape. Portland and Deering play that Thanksgiving game. So regardless Even of how worse. deep they go yeah. in the playoffs, you know they're not. They're, those basketball fo- football players aren't going to be in basketball shape. Um, so yeah, I, I. I would like to, you know, and then you got everything else crammed into that February vacation week, too. I'm speaking selfishly because it's so much to keep track of, but it would be nice if things were spread out a little more, and maybe some of those other sports could get more attention if they weren't smack up against the basketball tournament.
2: Well, and the other thing is, we finally moved uh, hockey. Hockey used to be back in there also, so everything was in there. (laughs) And finally, somebody uh, wrote to the hockey committee and said, What are you guys doing? Right. You know, put it later. So and the now you get all the chances. attention on you. Yeah. You so know, the, the
1: regional finals and the state finals for hockey. There's nothing else going on right, that it's week. In March. That's right. Um, so that that, that kind of you know puts the punctuation mark on the winter sports season. You get all the attention, and uh, you know those those turn into pretty big events too.
0: You mentioned previously um, before the recent change where. Um, they, they weren't all at once. Are there still games at 8 through in the morning, or is that a new device? Yeah, because like in Augusta,
1: yeah. <laughs> there's so many games up there. In fact, I've covered an 8.30 a.m. game. <laughs> I, I, remember, time, I remember I yeah. remember back in the day. Um, and I think Bangor, too, you know, you got so many games crammed in that. And sometimes it's weather-related, too. Sure. You might have bad weather on one day, and then you're suddenly scrambling the rest of the week to fill spots. So it's not uncommon. I think, you know, generally it's more going to start at 9.30 or 10. And then I don't know if. You know, if, if that's great for the athletes, certainly not great for the sports writers who aren't no, morning people. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> we're right. used to uh, events
2: uh, at, like, 6 o'clock at night. Yeah, now. at night or
1: anything afternoon, generally, yeah. I can handle okay. <laughs> but
2: I, I remember the time I was at Brewer High School at the time, and we always worked the tournament because Woody Bailey was in charge of the tournament. And it was the long day, as we used to call it, on, a sat- on that Saturday. And it was one of those crappy first thing in the morning games and whatever. And anyway, one of the teams that was uh, – one of the higher-seeded teams won the whole thing, and those are the days. You ready for this? They had the awards, and they said, "Here, Coach Morris," and they handed you the microphone. You said whatever you wanted. <laughs> and he said, I'm second time. I mean, everybody's oh. going like, oh, wow!" And I, I don't know if you remember who it was. But no, he, that's Because it was okay. a while ago, uh-huh. which is why they never give the microphone yeah, to the can, coach yeah, anymore. Yeah, I can see that's more edited now. And he said, you know, now, huh? who planned the game? at 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, he's like wow. going off. Everybody's yeah. looking around like, turn the microphone off. Uh-huh. And afterwards, every committee said, no, that's it. We yeah. don't hand the so microphone to speech. a coach <laughs> ever again. <laughs> we'll uh-huh. make the announcement over the loudspeaker done, you know. But uh, yeah, that's hard. You know, you. I, I feel the same way about. I don't like the double A quarterfinal game at ho, uh, at host. No, no. You made the tournament. You should be at the tournament site. Right. And I'm and, sorry. And,
1: and but for a couple of years before that, they had it in Augusta, and I'm not sure that was a. You know, there was a Daring Service Girls game. The first the first year they did it up there, it was on Ash Wednesday. None of the Chevrolet's people were there. There were maybe 200 people in the building. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was— no. I'm surprised the Chevrolet's girls were allowed to it, play. It was ill-advised. They were not—deering like and Portland had a regional final up there. Sure. You would have had an enormous crowd in Portland. Yeah. You didn't have anyone up there. Um, I, so I think this is better than that, but I still think you got to find a way to get it at a neutral site.
2: Yeah, and I understand that you can't just say to the—I mean, the, the cross-insurance when it's a quarterfinal game, eh, one versus eight— uh, it's not going to be anybody there. I don't, you know, but right, but that's
1: what the expo. But the
2: expo right. would do that, and so you play one game there, and then you move over. It's, it's, who's going to complain you, about that? I think
1: you just have to extend it out another week or extend yeah. it out a lot. Well, I,
2: again, I think if they were playing a week later. Well, that's that less of an issue. Well, I think that's just I think then. when
1: it went to the fifth class, they had an opportunity to do that again, yep, yep. and they chose not to. Well, so you that, know what? I, of I bet sale. they
2: didn't think about it. I bet they didn't even think about it because they've been doing it the other way now. For I, a while. My
1: feeling is, if you have, it, wouldn't you make more money if you have it spread out over two? Because a lot of people that are going to the other games, right, the first week are going to want to come to the. I I think in the long run, you have more fans, you make more money. And oh. you get more coverage.
2: Oh, there's no question right. about that. Yeah. And having been an MPA member can't be two places uh, on I those want. committees, yeah. clearly you've got to look at that and say, <laughs> And that, And that's why see. I was kind of surprised because, I, I yeah. mean,
1: I, look, I'm not a finance guy, but I, I, I would think that would be logical that you, you would make some some decent money sure. at that point.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, because I mean, yeah, there's so many games going on at the same time. You mentioned you you thought you're going to be at Kennebuck, but you're not. So you have a different <laughs> game you have to be at, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean that Friday that Friday night used to be the kickoff of the tournament. Oh yeah. Uh, you know that would be the, 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 when everything really started. Now there's already been a couple days of games at at uh, you know school sites, so it's the first day of games at neutral sites. But I've got during Portland tomorrow night, so I won't even be at the first night. I'll be there all day Saturday so. Yeah.
2: But you know, you were talking about the the old days, the the Friday night Saturday back to back. We literally in the old days scheduled during the season at least a couple of those. Uh, that's smart. Two games in a row, Friday night Saturday, so the team if the team's any good, they get used to what that felt like. And again, I agree with you. I think it made it it made it pretty special that Friday Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Saturday. look,
1: I'm greedy. I want the more. I want to see every game. <laughs> yeah. I want I want it to last as long as possible. You know, let's make this a true February slash March Madness event that, that, you know, can people can talk about for more than, you know, you, you play one game and then you turn around and play two days later. And I don't know. I, I, I liked it better the way it was.
2: Well, we were saying uh, we did the game Tuesday night, Oxford Hills. Then they don't play for a whole week. Right, right. Uh, that didn't make any sense to me. If the whole yeah. thing was moved back, maybe I'll write a letter to the. Basketball hey, you probably but, have more influence than I do. Well, agree, so. I don't know about that <laughs> I, I anymore. Yeah. It might be somebody that recognizes who I am. But well, I don't you know, know sure you got to use
1: that name recognition.
2: There you
0: yeah. go. <laughs> All right, again, don't forget, folks. We will be at the expo tomorrow night at six o'clock. We're broadcasting Levitt kennebunk on our sister station ninety-two-seven Maine's Big Z. And fans of Levitt and Kennebunk who can't make to the expo, if you're uh, by Levitt, uh, Turner, or Finn Kinnebunk, you can listen to the game on 92.7, so that'll be good. Uh, and it should be a great matchup, 4 versus 5C. The winner will play the winner of Greeley and Mount Ararat, and Greeley, of course, defending state champs, but maybe not as strong as in years past, or do you think there's?
1: still... Well, I still
0: think they're very good. I, yeah. I don't know. I
1: would say maybe a little bit weaker, okay. but...
2: That's all relative. They're still a sure. championship-caliber <laughs> team. They right. graduated, the Wonder Wolf anyway. So right? You're right. And yeah. they had
1: the big kid, Jack Kane, who, yeah. who was really big for them in the tournament last mm. year. I mean, Andrew Story, he's having a great year. Uh, you know, a Logan Bagshaw can knock down shots from anywhere. They're still, Zach Brown has been a big-time winner for them. They're still going to be right there. But I think there are teams that can go into that feeling good about their chances, like I mentioned, York and Falmouth especially.
0: So – what else is on your mind today, Mike? We got <laughs> we got eight more minutes to talk about whatever you want. You talk about the Super Bowl, huh? Uh,
1: we, go we, for it. We still coming down from that. that was, did, did, I you know, <laughs> got some T-shirts. Ordered, See, got he, a by the way, book.
2: two minutes after the game was over, he posts. Well, I was bored to death. Well, I was I, bored, I was but bored I'm sure, to death. But I'm sure. The uh, what did you call it? Old timer? Oh, old no. timer. No,
0: no, I didn't call you an old-timer. Well, you you go old timer. I said, old NGersky school. No, old school. You've old described school. yourself as old school before. Oh I've been. So no, I was so. only using this customer. That's not an insult. That's not no. an insult. No. I said I bet old school Dave Wing loved that game. Yeah. But he, even well, you even you thought it was boring.
2: I love the outcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the yes. outcome. I love the
1: outcome. I think they should have had that. In hand at halftime, and it would have been one. Yeah. Of the, well, it could have been one of the old-fashioned Super Bowls yeah. that was thirty-four to three or yeah, something. Yeah, well, where we could just relax. I mean, they change. were down, that, But it's funny how that the Patriots' defense has let them down I, in big games yeah. so many times, and this time they were the ones that really won it.
2: I never, I never felt. Uh, my wife asked me, "What do you think? What do you think?" And I said, "I, I, I haven't felt all two weeks that that L.A. can do enough to, to beat them offensively." And they couldn't.
1: No, but, but the pass let them hang around, and that worried yeah, too me because you know we've seen yeah. in other years that oh I won't mention yeah. similar things. All it takes is one play. But once they got the touchdown, I felt pretty good. Sure. And that you know they listen. This was not a great Patriots team, but they were great at the end.
2: Some of the mic'd up stuff that oh, we've heard that has been just so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that stuff. <laughs> the the I, discussion I can never of Coach, Coach, I think he should kick the field yeah, goal. Yeah, which you know? shocks me, right? you think yeah. as a
1: quarterback, he'd yeah. wanna, oh, we're
2: gonna, I want to sneak it. Yeah, I'm going to sneak Let, it. We'll get the first down. Brady's I mean, saying, no, no, kick it, we'll Coach. Kick it it. Right, it right, wasn't right. a
1: gimme field goal. I mean, oh, I mean boy, no. 41, yes, you should make it.
2: But if you don't get it, they're right back in good field position. And they only needs a touchdown. I do think they got to come up with something. Even if you say to everybody, Look, I know what the rule is, but we are going to onside kick, and so our guys can run. Yeah, I think they need to go back to that. That's the only time. You have no chance. That's the only time. Just tell them. No chance. But they're so
1: worried about safety now, I don't think they're going to go back.
2: No, I I don't mean on any other. No, I'm saying even for that. I see what you mean.
1: No, I I just, yeah, because it's almost impossible now. Yeah. So.
0: What's the latest you're hearing about eight-man football here in Maine?
1: Well, you know, I think people are excited about it, yeah. and I think it's going to rejuvenate some programs. And I'm, I've, I've never covered it, so I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what, what it's like to actually watch. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, there are a lot of schools in our coverage area that are really hurting. Uh, you know, Freeport, I think they're going to play 11, but they know that's an option. Yarmouth, I think, is going to do the eight. You know, Greeley, we're not sure what they're going to do, and, mm. they, you know, numbers are such a huge issue, and these are programs that have been able to be competitive anyway, What's with Greeley? Because they're so good at so many
2: sports. They, and they are. Can't they just getting rich. numbers,
1: staying healthy. Remember, it's they have
2: come lately to football. They've, right. They've been in football But it's lot. funny. Ten, I mean, and David years, Higgins, maybe? you
1: know, he's not coaching anymore, but he did a phenomenal year after year. He'd have 25, 30 kids. He didn't even have that many this year. They'd find a way to get to the playoffs and win a quarterfinal and go six and four. I mean, it was just really <laughs> remarkable, yep. but it, it is tough to sustain it and especially when you don't really have many kids coming up through the youth program, which I think is the case. And that's I think that's the story with a lot of these programs. Even in the city of Portland, you don't have a big feeder system. And, and South Portland, I think now that Aaron Filio is back there as coach, you'll see that get better. Sure. But, you know, that gets neglected, and then all of a sudden you wonder why, you know, how come I don't have any kids playing high school? Because they weren't playing coming through.
2: Excuse me. If you want to hear that speech, Mike Haley used to say that mm. almost every week. If you don't have – Put your heart and soul in youth program in any sport. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Certainly. It's going to and then you look at to some towns
1: you. like Scarborough, all the sports. You know, you got hundreds of kids playing oh, yeah. soccer and softball. Oh, yeah. And you wonder why they're good year after year. You know, Yarmouth with soccer. I mean, you've got tons of kids. And the, the older kids are playing with the younger kids on Saturday morning. You know, you can't put a price tag on that. And that, that investment pays off so when, huge.
2: When I was at Oak Hill, we went to Brunswick. There was the last year that we played in the upper division, and we never should have. We were the very smallest school playing lacrosse, and we were playing in the upper division because yeah. we were yeah. decent. We drive in, and I'm looking around. There must be 20 lacrosse nets yeah. all around right. the field. Not on the field, around the field. It's just a whale. And life. covered with kids uh, from Brunswick playing lacrosse, right. and I'm thinking, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got some kids coming. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. Just guessing. Yeah, that's
1: why they're in the state game or yeah. winning it every year. Every year.
2: Lacrosse maybe. is growing in Maine?
1: Lacrosse, is, yeah. lacrosse has really grown immensely over the last two decades. I don't know if it's peaked or plateaued, mm. um, but it's still, you know, in the towns where it's, where it's very popular, it certainly has grown a lot. I think it affected baseball and softball a lot. Mm. Um, I don't know if maybe that's leveled back off a little bit in the last couple of years, but, you know, certainly lacrosse took a lot of players. You know, a lot of softball programs have hurt. Falmouth didn't even have a varsity team the last couple of years. They had to be a co-op with MGA. They're, they're going to really? have a program again this year, but oh. you know it's just crazy to think that's a huge school. But, <laughs> that is but and they're also yeah. a, a powerhouse lacrosse school. The girls team just won the state title last year. You don't that's, need that many
0: players for football. No, you'd you'd you clearly need be nine players. players. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I said but, that. Uh, that's tough. As as who's who's had a better baseball program through the last twenty years than Oak Hill? They didn't have JVs the last, I think, three years now. And last year, they had just enough kids that one kid kind of was a designated, you're pitching? All right, I'm playing I'm playing first. If you have, oh, you're pitching? I'm playing right. second. That well, kind and of it's, thing. And it's, it's, it's like, what? Let's
1: face it. Being a baseball or softball player in Maine is tough.
2: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. until really like the playoffs, the weather's not going to be kind. <laughs> and even then you're not and sure. And even then. And it goes from like cold and rainy, all of a sudden it's hot. But, I mean, you just it's not, it's not conducive for I've baseball. I've said all the,
2: all the years I coached everything, all, all kinds of different things. The coldest I've ever been. I was at Skowhegan, doubleheader, at Coney, sleet, freezing rain. But you got to get them in so that, right. you, you know. Oh, you do. And I, I had long johns on. Yeah. I had a coat no, on. No, those aren't fun. I was frozen. I'm thinking, my kids must be miserable.
1: Well, imagine like, taking a pitch off the bat in <laughs> the wrong spot. Yeah. I mean, well, your hands are hurting big time. We at
2: least by then had had uh, aluminum bats. When I played in oh, high school, wooden bats. Yeah. Right, right. No, Whew, no you take one off the hands there, baby. That hurt for about <laughs> Three days. Yeah, it
0: won't be long until we're freezing outside again.
2: Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> well, we only got about a minute left here in the program, so I want to give some thank yous and, and shout outs, I guess. Uh, thanks to Adam Robinson from the Sun Journal for stopping by earlier. Thank you, of course, Michael. Thank you for her. having
1: me. No, it's nice to meet you in person. Absolutely. It's always nice to see Coach Wing. I'm uh, yep. looking forward to seeing you guys at the basketball tournament. Absolutely. Hoping we'll to be see there. Maddie and Tom Nolette at the yeah. basketball hey, tournament, too.
2: We'll have you on. When right, you're there, uh, we'll have uh, you on. You, you know, I'm never, I'm never shy or of Oh, yeah, you can time. get on the mic. Check no it problem. out online,
0: theforecaster.net. Thanks to Coach Dave Wing. I want to thank Alex Lolly back in our um, 105.5 Sports Studios in Auburn. Thanks to Gridiron Restaurant. It's been a great time again. My name is Aaron Moore. Sign off. Don't forget 92.7 Mains Big Z tomorrow night. Levitt versus Kennebunk. We will have it at 6 o'clock. Have a good rest of your day. We've been live from Gridiron.